I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the Creep Dive. Thank you all. Uh, I got a few insincere. Hope you're doing okay. Uh, on the there was a lot of fuck you guys, but hope Jen is okay kind of messages, weren't there? <laughs> yeah. I so could have been very ill. For you all they were knew. very ill. I had pneumonia. Pneumonia. Um, apologies for the lack of pod last week, but Jen genuinely, genuinely had pneumonia. You could have gone on without me. Um, well, we could have, but... It wouldn't have been the same. That's nice. And then we would have had to deal with people telling us it wasn't as good. Yeah, I you. wasn't going to open myself so we couldn't up to that risk criticism. It. Well, I wasn't going to uh, say. My mom would have been disappointed. So <laughs> frankly, you're totally Cassie's right. Cassie's mom would have turned it right off. My, uh, I actually want to take this opportunity to give a big shout out to my older brother, Owen Delaney, who has given out to me for the last couple of weeks for not giving him a specific shout out in the podcast because he's a huge Creep Die fan. And he is our, um, he's the sole reason why we have a, listenership in Poland okay I did yeah okay thanks Owen yeah thanks Owen and also told me an interesting fact a couple of weeks ago that I was supposed to relay the reason I'm not going to remember this correctly but the reason that there are so many Florida man stories is because the court records are public in Florida yeah it's the sunshine law and they're not in other states so you can access the court records so they that's what you just you have this they suppress bank nothing. of funny stories we definitely talked about that when we did the florida man as a mini creep I don't remember anyway that. the important yeah. thing is is that i have said the words owen delaney on this <laughs> podcast um i i want to just say hi to all the polish listeners of which there are at least two wait i know but for they search. would be irish though yes no? i think that's it what's that hushed Cześć. hello Okay. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just displaying my Google prowess. Nice. See how I fast that I Googled that? I mean, we did a lot of just background talk about Mindhunter season two. We have to talk about it on this podcast. 
that's what I did do, while did I was sick. I recommend everyone go and watch it. It is fucking amazing. Um, I would Hunter I would, season, season two. two. Okay. Um, in the time that you were sick and we didn't record this podcast, I didn't put any additional time into researching the story. I did just write it there oh. in a very like. Why would you? Why would you? Con- why would I admit that? Because I today have had a very busy day. It involved a meeting. During that meeting, I had two glasses of wine and then I wrote the story. So I wasn't going to say, but so you it, it's drunk. a surprise for everybody. <laughs> you it's do not seem like drunk. it's not it's not a drunkenness. It's a it's a moderate level of tipsy. That's fine. Yeah, you're going to hold it together. Sporty spice, a fucking lutely. Okay. Oh, also, great thanks for the girls coming in for the last chaotic last episode. Creep down with me. Yeah. If you too would like to participate in creep down with me, sign up to Patreon. And um, you can submit your stories. You're not allowed to bring a friend. Via Twitter, at Dive Creep, or Instagram, at The Creep Dive. Oh, I thought we were submitting the stories through Patreon. No, you can submit them anyway. No, so I flagged them. I will flag them in our DMs. Go and check. To see if they're a patron, <laughs> which many of them are, in fairness. It was great crack. It was I really feel good bad crack. now. There was a few dive creepers in the Twitter DMs that I was like, I mean, I don't know what you're doing here. <laughs> Get over to the Patreon. So should not be in control of no, things. No, I just thought, I just thought the thoughts. If you're getting any hostile vibes from Twitter, please focus on energy. In general. She's please abrupt on Report social. to Cassie. Straight over to Sophie. <laughs> um, an interesting fact this week. We've had more patrons this week than any other week and um, we didn't have a podcast. So that's when they That's say, something. Treat them mean. Keep them keen. Aw, uh, thank you so much to our new patrons. Yeah, and apologies I'm too for pregnant for this. I'm about to cry with the okay, kindness so of strangers. Okay, so people who don't listen to Mother of Pod will have missed the pregnancy announcement. Sophie is brewing a small creep. Yay! Inside a larger creep. A wee creep. A wee creep. <laughs> it's like a Russian doll of creeps. I know the way they say the things that like you. fetuses hear when they're in the belly, like oh, scar dear. them for life. You're basically breeding a serial killer. Or... A mind hunter. But yeah. hey. He hunts minds. Hashtag future content. Thank you so much. <laughs> Happy You're days. Welcome. How, what are we looking at this week, gals? I've got a personal creep. Well, who? Do we have a creep of the week? Oh, we've got so many creeps of the week who are connected to the Epstein story. Mm. Was it Prince... I can't say anything now because I'm going to be libelous, but there was a prince who was photographed coming out of Epstein's mansion a couple oh, of years man, ago. Oh man, he has always been a creep, no? Yeah. He's like, um, you know, one of them family members <laughs> that everyone is disappointed. And that wraps up creep in. of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Just before we get into really mercury triggering territory. Thank you. You know what Jennifer. I mean. Jennifer. Genuinely Jennifer. You get sitting next to him at a wedding, you're like, oh fuck. Um, okay, this guy. I just did a quick Florida man Google just for a micro creep. Florida man has 25% of his skin stripped from his body in his fight against flesh eating bacteria. Fuck, brilliant. There was another Florida man who was trying to make love to a crocodile oh, and yes. I think died. Okay. That well, was recent. That was recent. Um, uh, review of the week. That's our last bit of housekeeping up top. Wait. Totes, you've got. Oh, coming. the totes are on their way. The totes are coming here to this yes. to this very warm hold studio. On. We now have to post over three hundred of them. 
Yes, 300. We're going to do it. Or something. It's going to be amazing. Um, it's going to s- wipe out the Patreon fund. <laughs> we, the totes have been ordered. The totes are arriving at the studio circa Friday. We're recording on a Tuesday. They're probably going to arrive the day this podcast goes live. Therefore, they'll be posted in another six to seven weeks. No, I'm joking. <laughs> they'll be reposted it's at some stage next week. And therefore, we'll be with people. Great. Soon. Perfect. Thank you. Soon. What do you got there on your phone? Review of the week. So this oh, yeah. person is going to be the extra additional tote. Comes from <laughs> Laura Balls. Yes. Oh, nice. Don't listen in public. Five stars. But of course. Had to duck out of a coffee shop recently in mortification because couldn't order due to the inability to breathe, talk, think, scream laughing at Jen O.W. Jen O-D-W-Y-E or recounting the airplane tale this fall is taking forever that was fucking gas oh my god it made me want to go back and re-listen to that story that you told but I could not for the life of me remember what the fuck I had labelled the episodes and therefore where the story was so can't recommend (laughs) it was uh, where that was gas it's been a a reason to know of episodes Remember, it's everyone so died on the plane, and her oh mom. yeah, the mom was mm. in the seat, and then she if wasn't anyone there, has it, and yeah. your hysterics all the way through. I feel bad after, like it, it was a sad story. Obviously, she lived; everyone else died, so there's a happiness there. <laughs> Don't start in that it again. She's alive. In that we got a five star review because of your Thank retelling you. of it. Oh, great! That's great. Thank you for that. Here, I have a good story this week. Okay, excellent. I have a midi. Cork. Oh yeah, Fuck. sorry. Yeah, we're going we to a podcast new... festival. Oh, we've got producer Katrina in the room as well, helping us out. We <laughs> bumped into her Should downstairs. You... Shouldn't you mention Cork? <laughs> <laughs> we are playing, playing. We're doing a live podcast at the Cork we're Podcast playing Cork. Festival. <laughs> we're playing Cork. We're coming down to you. <sighs> crowds go wild. Um, <laughs> we are going to be down in Cork at the Cork Podcast Festival on the thirteenth of October. Yes. Tickets are on sale now, priced at 18 euro from Uticket. You can go on to the Cork Podcast Festival on Instagram or on Facebook. Find the link to buy your tickets. Do come along and see us. If you're a fan of Mother of Pod, it's back to back Mother of Pod and the Creep Dive. I'm going to need a strepsil. That's going to be a need sweaty a Creep Dive. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure they've scheduled in a break for... You guys, I'm just going to rock up and keep the energy flowing for the second part. As you're famously good at. Yes. (laughs) Um, What do we got for us this week? Okay, you're doing a personal creep. Let's go. Well, when I say personal, it's uh, you might remember uh, an old creep uh, when I told you about Oyster Man. Yes. Remember him? Yes. So the person who gave me that creep gave me another one. Which I knew about already. It's a, this story that of a kind of that been going back a while. So let's see now. How do how do, where should I begin? Back when we were in our twenties, you know, when you're sort of living around the place, I having do. no responsibilities. Beautiful time. You sort of, but it was back in Dublin when you know the you know you could afford rent. You're talking two or three hundred quid for a room now. So my friend, let's call him Chris. <laughs> Is it? Well, I wasn't going to say the fucking second name. <laughs> Chris, right? Used to live in a house in Dublin in an estate. And he lived there with a couple of other guys. And the house was grand. Regular, like small enough gaff. I would just like to intercept here and say that there are absolutely no notes in front of you 
at all. Would, so this is totally. Why would I need now, that? I'm just just I, in I case it's libelous. Just in case it's libelous. I've changed. She is a I, raconteur. I'm okay. about to change the other people's names. Okay. Notes would only slow her down. So it was the kind of estate that was a bit lawless. She's gesturing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was wild. Yes. yes. There's children running. There was. You wouldn't see the guardy wouldn't be hanging around Horses. a lot. Do P- Domino's deliver there? Pro- maybe. Okay. So anyway, they're kind of doing their own thing. They used to have good parties there and we'd roll in for the parties. And we always sort of knew about your man next door. Uh, because he was always sort of standing in the garden, like a lean on the, you know, or just kind of around the place. You know, the, that kind of neighbour? Yeah. yeah. Single guy in a house, older man. Let's call him John Z. I love it. Okay. Okay. So the lads, and we were all sort of aware that John Z was there. And he was, I would say he was very intimidating. Um, But sort of kind of always looking for the chat a bit. Now, my friend who will call Chris was sort Whose of name definitely unable is not Chris. to not kind of develop a relationship with this guy, Johnsy. Very Chris, so not Chapman. I think because there was a lot of parties and then you're trying to keep the neighbour on side, you know, yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah, feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember mm, we used to, I used to live with Chris and we, the terrible, he's had, he was a terrible, he's a terrible man for the late night music. Yeah. And our next door neighbour, who was a very nice lady, who now is us, in a, a woman in her 30s, used to be driven to so tears. So old. So she, he would try to keep driven her on side by giving her God. book vouchers. Because she's old and she doesn't yeah. like noise. So anyway, back to the story. John Z was there in the gaff next door. There's various parties going on. And there was one party and rollover went into the next day. Wild. So Chris, I think he was out the front and John Z was there too. And he did a bit of... Oh look, sorry about the noise. You know, we're all just um, um, having a set. having a yeah. Uh, I hope now we didn't keep you up. And so Johnsy was like, "Oh no, it's okay. Why don't you come in for a drink with me?" And of course, then Chris was like, "Um, well now I, uh, okay, okay, well then." So then he in he went to Johnsy's house, vibrating with fear. I'm sure mm-hmm. at the time, went inside. House was mental. Full of antiques, like very fancy looking sort of antiques and a largest television you've ever seen in your life and a lazy boy. And that was John Z's kind of gig. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So up he went then. He was invited upstairs to one of the bedrooms. What? Mm. And uh, mm. I feel like I should have changed Chris's name. It's too, is it too okay. late now? Go for it. We can go with, it would be confusing, would it? Uh, I mean, what do you want to go back and dub over David? No, for never mind. <laughs> so the tour of the house what started up, Stuffer? and it was <laughs> okay. And it was sort of a small house, so the tour was didn't last long in the walking around. But the stuff in the room made the tour last long. So in one of the rooms upstairs <laughs> was just chock a block with fucking really old, what looked like very expensive furniture. And then Chris was handed an antique gun. Oh my god He was like oh, Chris shot the old man Isn't this nice I'm waiting for It was full of lamps Made of ladies uh, no, Well <laughs> It's got that not vibe quite. Not quite It was just kind of Weirdness <laughs> And uh, he held the gun And it was just like That's great now Give that back to you there Is it still You know What's the story there And then Johnsy said Will you come here And have a look in my bedroom And Chris was like Okay oh. uh, Well okay And in the bedroom 
was an enormous waterbed. Oh, all right. So Chris sat down and he was doing the whole. Had a long, lifelong obsession with water. Never have I even seen one in real life. Have you ever sat on one? I'm pretty sure. One of my uncles had a waterbed, and I thought it was like kind of kinky. That uncle, yeah, it is. That uncle. Like you'd walk in and yeah. that riff would start up in That's the room. That's what you would sort of think. Yeah. So anyway, the sitting on the bed and it was sort of floating around and he was like, all right, this is a great story and uh, trying to go then. So he was like, oh, Johnsy, look, I probably should get back to the, I could get back to the party or like go, you know. So Johnsy insisted Chris take a gift before he left the house. And Chris, of course, was like, I don't need I don't need nothing from you. I don't want a gift. But he forced the gift into Chris's hand before he could leave. So Chris left holding the gift. Is it an antique he, dildo? It was a hand-carved um, walking stick made out of matchsticks. Well, huh? The kind of thing somebody with a lot of time on their hands might have spent making. But wait, that's a hand-carved made out of matchsticks. Sorry, Isn't glued an image that matchsticks works. Okay, together okay. and then carved shapes into it. A lot of time. It was a prison thing, I'm sure. <laughs> so Chris left with the, with one of two hand-carved matchstick walking sticks he would go on to receive. <laughs> the first of two. So gifts were Part flying of out of John's gift to Chris. And it was getting a bit like claustrophobic and he was like, fuck it, yeah. what does Johnsy want from me? Oh dear. Why does he keep gifting me these things? So d- at the time, he was working for a well-known communications company that I definitely can't say the name of. Yeah. And uh, so he was part of the kind of PRN. So they had a lot of branded kind of, you know, telephone accessories. So Chris one day pulls in home, uh, unloads a box of these telephone accessories uh, was bringing them into the gaff there were tons of them and he couldn't give them he's giving them away right and Johnsy then appears in his garden says oh what are you what's in the the box and Chris then looks down at the box and says well I can't keep these fucking things away I'm going to give a box to Johnsy and he goes here as a repayment of all your kind offerings have this box of telephone accessories and Johnsy was like oh well yeah that's great thank you so the telephone accessories, what they were was like single charge kind of things that you with multi ends that you could stick into any phone yeah. and they'd phone, uh, yeah, the cha- yeah. they'd charge a phone, have a single charge. And sure, you thought nothing else about it. And time passed and, you know, everyone was still grand and the lawlessness went away and there was still just hi, how are you? Very floating good. back and forth until another day. When Johnsy stopped Chris on his way and said, listen, thank you so much for those those gifts. They've come into great use for the lads and the joy. So Johnsy had been <laughs> sending them in to Mount Joy to charge all the, you know, phones the of the lads phones. in there. Are they light phones? Yeah, well, no, but sure, you can. Then I was like, I wonder, sure, you can get phones that fit up your bum. You can buy them online. And th- what they are are like a pessary sized phone with one button that you just continuously press until you hit the <laughs> number that you want and hold it. Right. So eventually you'll get a phone, you know, that way. But they're out charging these ass phones <laughs> with Chris's branded job. And he was like, fucking <laughs> fuck, this is going to land me in some. He was like, that's great, Johnsy. Glad they're coming to use. 
just don't tell anyone, please, that they're coming from me. <laughs> so your man was like... Just emblazoned with this it, corporate brand. Exactly, right. He, he's trying to imagine... Anyway, so that was all grand and good and time passed again. And then Chris is leaving on his holliers and had told Christy or Johnzo or what the fuck? <laughs> what have I called him, lads? <laughs> Pretend name Johnzo Johnzy Johnzy Bruce I told Johnzy I thought it must have been Johnzy Because you came over oh, that So quickly as a No I pre-thought of Johnzy <laughs> So he told not he t- Christy he She told- pre-thought one thing Before she started the story <laughs> So J- stop now Johnzy said Are you going on your holly pops That's great I'll give you a gift To take with you And Chris is like Oh, oh God. Fuck can I just end this loop of gifting and intimidation via nice gifts? And uh, so he received the gift, which was, uh, how do you describe it again? It was like one of the first, it was like an what looked like an SLR camera, but was digital. I yeah. definitely owned one for digital college. Digital SLR, yeah, they were yeah. Digital SLR camera. So they were yeah. like one of the first ones. And it was just like free, free, a free flow, not in a box. But Chris was like, thanks a mil, that's great. I'll bring it on my holly ears. So... He brought it not on. Not in his, a box. It was not Just in a, a box. Free floating digital SLR. And Johnsy was like, I don't know how Worth to use. hundreds of I euros. don't know how to use this thing. But Chris was uh, uh, going out with an old pal who was a photographer at the time. So he, he maybe he knew that. And he was, she was like, oh, she might be able to get a bit of use out of it. Anyway, away they went on their Holliers. And uh, one day on the Holliers, they'd forgotten they brought it. And they... It happened upon the digital camera again. Yeah, yeah. And okay, we're doing a bit of fumbling with the the old chargers came in handy again. Anyway, they charged it up and turned it on, and we're like, should we have a look to see if there's a, ca- a card in it? And there was an S. What do you call it? An SD, SD card. card. So they started scrolling through some of the photographs, and oh, <laughs> so the first photograph was of a bed. Just a made bed, not a bed they recognised. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh dear. The second photograph was the same bed with a hammer, uh, an axe, uh. a piece of wood and a nail on it. Okay. okay. Lying on the bed. Lying on the bed. I can't Where remember. Where everyone does their DIY projects. Exactly. That one it's of the, a, they the water bed, such a solid base <laughs> for any DIY project. It wasn't the water bed, but it was a bed. <laughs> Then they started, kept scrolling and there was another photo, like a gang of lads with their arms all around each other. And it was kind of looked like a bit of like just lads having the crack. Mm -hmm. And then the next photo was an up close photograph of a young fella's face. And he was completely bet in, like broken, (gasps) broken nose, blood everywhere, fat eye, bust up lip. Camera went off immediately. The two of them were like, fuck, what is this? began thinking was this a warning from John Z to Chris anyway that's kind of a self-absorbed I thought that was take. far-fetched but anyway the fear <laughs> for the, for, the for, fear had already begun for you to immediately jump to like <laughs> way past just leapfrog right over this hurt man oh, and straight sorry. into I forgot this yes. is about me we isn't should, it that's a good point <laughs> they never did realise you know what were you supposed to do go back to him and say <gasps> oh, like God. oh no so what did they just return the camera they never returned the camera never they kept it they have the camera I think oh, nothing what? was ever done then they moved house and that's the end of the story <gasps> what 
Oh my god! They didn't report it or anything. Well, what the fuck? No, it, it like it would oh, in a way it could have just been the young lads having a big row. Anyway, weird. Or it could have been a movie. Or it could, but there you could go. Could have been filming a student movie. That's it. So all that remains in memory is Chris. Oh, he definitely should have changed his name. Ended up giving those uh, hand carved walking sticks to his granny, who now uses both of them regularly. <laughs> oh my um, God, my, the haunted walking stick. Yeah. My very uh, speedy search of phones that fit up your bum. I know. Returned a a phone brand called. The Zanko Fly that does in fact fit up your bum. There you go. It's about the size of a one pound coin. There and it um there's some photos here on a Vice article of it resting in the middle of a donut, um, up the stuffing end of a chicken. Oh um, so what you do is wrap it in a Johnny and then and it, ease yeah, it on up. A quick a quick scan of this article Because the knot at the end would then allow you to like Pull it out. Presuming your bum hadn't swallowed the knot as well. Ugh. Which, you know. I've got it. It sort of like fits on an index finger. Mm. It's got a lot of buttons though. Yeah, oh. it has a lot of buttons. Are you in the, the, the fly Zanko as well? Uh, yes. I'm on howtogeek.com though. I think I'm on a different article. So there okay, you go. Okay, but thank you. Um, Isn't that a good one? Um, uh, yeah. Yes. So bizarre. I forgot about I that think story that until he told me the other night. <laughs> The name is going to be problematic for our producer. And Why? we're just going to leave. He gave me consent. Does Chris listen? Yes. Does Jonesy listen? Probably. Well then, we'll deal with that <laughs> bridge when we Jonesy come to Jonesy is it. the name I changed. Maybe just Does bleep out when Christy she listen? calls him Christy. It's not even Christy. Okay, so we're safe. Our legal team are in the corner just nodding their oh, heads. Fuck, like, wait a minute, totally have fine. I actually called him his real name? <laughs> No. I'm sure it's fine. Okay. Anyway. There you go now. There you go. So there's a story for you There's all. a little mini personal, like a no personal creep now I think again. neighbour creeps are a good untapped kind of vein of creep gold. I think there's a definite, like there's a whole podcast in just creepy neighbours that we've yeah. had in Ireland. Yeah. And remember that have time? a neighbour creep, please send oh, us. So, do you not remember the time that your one died next door and then was brought out in a chair because she was, this isn't funny, but she was, she was, re- what's the word when you're... Sometimes a new... Rigor mortis. She had rigor mortis yeah. in a chair shape, so they couldn't force Jesus. her lying down, so they took her out in the fucking chair with a sheet over her. It was singularly the most sad and funny thing I've ever fucking <laughs> seen in my life. And they loaded her into the back of the ambulance still with the chair and a but sheet again, over. But again, just to reiterate, not funny. Not funny. But I mean, that is funny, isn't it? <laughs> and we were all like, oh, I wonder what that is. As if they describe. I mean, they could have done something. Like a really, really, really bad game of pass if, the parcel. Yeah, yeah. If they had just let her without the sheet, we'd just be like, that woman's ill on a chair. She's real <laughs> yes. pale. She She's looks very ill now. She's very wan. Death, yeah. Pale. She that was in rat mind. Probably got yeah. the pneumonia. She probably had the pneumonia. You've made it. You've made a great recovery though. That was good. That was funny. I remember looking out the window, thinking, "Ah, fuck." Um. Okay. <laughs> there she goes now. There she goes. That's her final. <laughs> in death as in life, she loved that chair. <laughs> Yeah, what happens? They probably have to break her in half to get her. Oh my god, Jennifer, stop it! <laughs> Think about it. What are they? But they couldn't like li- make you soft and then 
they'd have to break you to go straight. Maybe they just buried her in the spoon position and just <laughs> turned her on her side. <laughs> that's something to Google. That's how I'd like to be buried. No, that's a lie. I don't want to be buried at all. I want to be cremated, packed into a firework and exploded in the sky as Katy Perry's firework plays and then Ashley Simpson's pieces of me as I fall to the earth. It's in my will. Huh. Yeah. You know, who's, nobody's going to do that. It's in my will. It has to be done. Not true. Someone, some committed creep dive listener will insist <laughs> that I am cremated, packed into a firework and exploded to Katy Perry. I want to and be Ashley Simpson. smashed into a diamond. Oh, yes, I've seen that. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I want to live on in a jewellery form. Creepy. Okay, speaking of I want to treat my family to a funny ashes scattering. Like your dad. Uh, when the just like any, every ashes scattering since the beginning of time. No one has ever the, done it somberly. It is ever, so funny. Yeah, never heard a successful story of scattering no. the ashes, especially on the Irish coast. It just doesn't happen. Fuck off to the wild Atlantic way and just throw them into the wind and watch throw them, them straight into your own face. Into your face. <laughs> oh my God. Like we had a multi-destination ashes scattering for Kev, my dad. Each location more farcical than the last which is why the firework idea is a solid one but then be breathed in by people but as it's slowly falling to the sky to ashy simpson pieces of meat which is a unappreciated banger of our time anyway i have a nice little succinct what i think is a succinct little creep that i wrote a few hours ago while i was listening to you record mother of pod (laughs) <laughs> Would you like to hear my BuzzFeed headline? Yes. Yes. Oh, wait, I feel cheated. We didn't get a BuzzFeed off Jen at all. It's anyway, a bit late for it's that. It's a bit late. Okay, this is... It's called Jen Doesn't Know How to Work Pseudonyms. <laughs> that was your BuzzFeed headline. It's called Jen is going to be the one to get us sued. Um, I bet you I will. Absolutely. Oh, I'm just really surprised it hasn't happened. Oh, you know I've been sued twice. I know. Personally. It gives me... <laughs> Genuine, genuine uh, both anxiety. Times, it was definitely Dan's fault. I'll tell it another day. There, <laughs> there was a fucking pair of creep neighbours, the ones that sued us. Probably oh, can't talk about you them. Absolutely cannot. Given the legal action that's already been they taken. They were both barristers. Now <gasps> name stop them. Ma- stop saying things that stop make them talking. identify. No, no, no. I'm going to turn off your mic. No, no, but they were bad people. Okay, and it's over. <laughs> This story is about people who are far, far away and definitely not listening to this podcast. TG. The perfect plot. Buzzfeed? Is that the Buzzfeed headline? Yes. It was so long winded. Oh, sorry. The perfect (laughs) plot. (gasps) Ooh. Are we in literary land? We're in literary land. Okay. Nancy Crompton Brophy, like many authors, retained a job while writing her romance novels. I actually, sorry. I thought it was plot of land. No, <laughs> we're in literary plot. You're so mercenary that you immediately assumed it was about money and land. And we are high-minded so cultured folk. We were just talking about burial plots. <laughs> okay, this but is... True. And that would have been a weird theme. <laughs> but not totally off-brand. Totally good theme. Do you know this story? Let's go. Oops. So... Like many authors, Nancy retained a job while writing her romance novels. The 68-year-old writer worked selling life insurance while she wrote such titles as The Wrong Husband, The Wrong Lover, The Wrong Cop, The Wrong Hero, and The Wrong Brother. 
Sorry. She picked a theme and she ran, she ran with, with it. it. And I'm impressed because I'm trying to name my next book at the moment. What an interesting way to, to weave that remind in. people that my new book, Filter This, is out now. Filter That's going to be even better. So <laughs> why don't you just wait until Filter That comes out? It probably will rehash some of what's happened in Filter This. Therefore, you'll be There'll able be to. will be a recap. Like a two Previously on Filter This. It's just a different viewpoint. <laughs> filter That. Okay. Love it. The okay. wrong Police, officer? the wrong cop, the, the wrong, wrong lover, cop. the wrong husband, the wrong hero, the wrong brother. Definite theme. Self-published. Um, self-published? I think she was self-published, but she loved writing and she loved specifically the world it created for her. So on her website, she says, "I love storytelling. My imaginary friends have rich, larger-than-life lies encompassed in a few hundred pages with definite beginnings, snappy middles, and above all, happy endings." Love a snappy middle. Love a snappy middle. Just get the I, fucking I write out of quite the way. a flabby middle. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> My personal life is never as clearly defined. Beginnings are hard to locate. A new job, a school term, a family event like a death or a wedding might signal the start of something new, but it's never heralded with any fanfare other than another link in the chain. Okay, so I don't think it's that uncommon that she's an author who's living out her fantasies in her writings. You know, especially given the sense, and I'm not judging her, she doesn't seem to be a prolific, successful writer. She seems to be someone who does it for the escapism that it gives her to author these um, these novels. So in contrast to her romance novels, Nancy lived a very normal life. Of her own life, she writes, I live in a beautiful green and very wet northwest, married to a chef whose mantra is life is a science project. As a result, there are chickens and turkeys in my backyard, a fabulous vegetable garden, which also grows tobacco. And there's a hot meal on the table every night. For those of you who long for this, let me caution you. The old adage is true. Be careful what you wish for. When the gods are truly angry, they grant us our wishes. That's not a mantra. Is it? Like like the old story. Well, be careful what you wish for is. But then this... The further the it sure. like when the gods are truly angry, good, they grant uh, us her wishes. She's I mean, sitting on a nice piece of real estate. If she's got livestock out back and vegetables growing, I mean, she's living your life. As someone who's want. actively working towards chickens in the back garden and a little vegetable Smelly patch, I think she's got it made. Stink. Chickens. Oh my god. Yeah, but like, how great to have like your little fresh hens eggs every day, smelling like. But the if ass you're on of a, a bit chicken. of enough of a land down in Wicklow <laughs> and you got your chickens slightly away from the house, you're happy out. Be sure to do that. Then the f- yeah, you know, I'm gonna have my little chicken coop. It's incredibly smelly. <laughs> anyway, Nancy, I just want the space for them. I don't actually want them. But oh, you do. But just no. no. Just the fact that the mere fact that I'd have a space for them. Is do you be excellent. comfortable eating an egg? That is still warm out of the arse of vagina of a chicken. I don't know if it's still... Well, it's a fresh egg. It's yeah. better than the eggs you eat that are two or three days old. That have been transported to little in the back of a lorry. It's like putting your lips on a warm toilet seat. No, it's <laughs> not, Jen. If you can imagine putting it's the warm a, egg directly into your mouth. <laughs> Jen, it's just a fresh egg. From the... Just, just fresh placing your mouth exactly against that's what you're, you're so I would but Jenna I would I would prefer there to be teaching your granny to suck <laughs> eggs right out of the chicken <laughs> fucking amazing. I would like personally I feel safer having those imagine. two days where the egg is unaccounted for before I consume it rinsed <laughs> okay good to know imagine you did do that right I'm not going to make you a, a soft boil I mean when it came out 
if you could hel- hold it in its passageway. Oh my! There is for going to four be minutes. You'd get a lovely soft boiled egg. Just, rubber, just a bit of friction between the hands. Um, if there's any creep dive listeners out there who have the joy of having chickens, please let us know how. How, I don't care about that. how wrong we are about what we're saying <laughs> um so nancy right obviously just comes across as a bored woman Um, she's married to a chef daniel brophy and he's actually an instructor in the oregon culinary institute the couple have been married those to who can't do <laughs> way to alienate <laughs> anybody who's a teacher <laughs> <laughs> really satisfying visual though wrapping your lips around the egg. I know I want to do it so badly now oh, do you know what I mean I'm doing though? it to the mic like oh and then God, it's so sorry bad. I'm sorry that is gross listen did the anyone couple. watch the llama getting bored on oh, oh my yes God. my friend that was like do you remember for, it looked like it was wearing a balaclava for one, at one stage it was wearing the asshole of the llama across its, its eye across its own across its eye it looked like it was coming out with a balaclava so many people haven't an iota of what you're fucking talking about the llama getting bored on Instagram well they're not following me on Instagram and in that case they're missing oh, out Amazing. It was so good. It was amazing. Back the in the okay, fucking in the room. room. In the room. Imagine that. Never mind. Okay. It's the couple had been married for over twenty six years, and on her website, <laughs> sorry, I can't. I can't move past it. It was so amazing. The asshole. It was wearing amazing. an asshole was, as a balaclava. The baby had the full asshole across <laughs> from the angle of the cam of the iPhone. Cassie, oh. I am sorry. It's highly disrespectful and annoying. I Cassie promise. Cassie needs a visual. Well, should I've we just quickly? I've she's seen fucking it. seen it. Oh, she's seen it. But did you, did you get the balaclava? I didn't get the balaclava <laughs> reference, but oh it gives it a whole God, new depth. Absolutely amazing. So slow as well. <laughs> like a very slow. I mean, that thing was half hanging out of her for like. But like, Jen, we're getting to the romantic. The we're about to get the to the romantic climax of this story. I need you guys to be back in the room. It's like a wet fucking bagpipe fell out of this llama what a perfect would what's you the word? stop clapping <laughs> into your microphone <laughs> I'm just excited okay a week away and this is how you behave it's like you've forgotten how to make a podcast altogether the couple had been married for 26 years and on her website Nancy lovingly recalled the moment she knew that they would be married she says I can't tell you when I fell in love with my husband I mean in my sense was that she never did but I relate the moment I decided to marry him I was in the bath. It was a big tub. I expected him. I expected him to join me. And when he was delayed, I called out, Are you coming? His answer convinced me that he was Mr. Right. Yes. All over your face. But I'm making... (laughs) I'm making hors d'oeuvres. Can you imagine spending the rest of your life without a man like that? (laughs) Frankly, no. Absolutely not. Like all marriages, we've had our ups and downs. More good times than bad. Most recently, we've spent 14 nail-biting months living in an apartment while our house was being rebuilt from a house fire. In the process, I've acquired an in-depth knowledge of kitchen cabinets, bathroom plumbing fixtures and leaking roofs. If this writing thing doesn't work out, which I think it's safe to say it didn't, (laughs) I plan to investigate becoming a contractor who specialises in on-time, under-budget remodels. Believe me, there is a fortune to be made by a builder who can deliver his promises. So that last four she's, sentences she's is dope. laden with she's stress. Just pass agging some contractors yes. via her blog. And also, I feel like it's not specifically 
pointed, but I feel like she kind of blames him for whatever happened there with the house fire. She's angry. <laughs> He's the chef. She's absolutely no. raging. Okay, yeah. Nancy continued to write and often submitted pieces to websites and blogs and, and wrote about not just submitted essays and short stories, but wrote about the process of writing, which you see all the time. What could be more interesting? I well, mean, for other writers, read a lot of stuff about writing and the process and writing prompts and all that kind of stuff. If you've ever been on print, Pinterest, it is just a lot of American women teaching other American women how to write short stories. Hmm. So she... In 2011, she penned an essay for another uh, another blog called Something Jane. I can't remember. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put the essay in the show notes. Um, and the blog post was called How to Murder Your Husband. <laughs> huh. Huh. The essay opens. As a romantic suspense writer, I spent a lot of time thinking about murder. And, consequently, about police procedure. After all, if the murder is supposed to set me free, I certainly don't want to spend my, any time in jail. And let me clearly say, for the record, I don't like jumpsuits and orange is not my colour. Got it. Just Noted. clearing herself. And in the piece, she, discuss, she discusses motive and opportunity and distances herself from the piece and the events and the thoughts by say, stating I find it easier to wish people dead than to actually kill them I don't want to worry about blood and brains splattered on my walls and really I'm not good at remembering lies but the thing I know about murder is that every one of us has it in them her when pushed far enough Ooh. so seven years after Nancy penned that essay her husband Daniel was found dead he was shot inside the kitchen of the Argon Culinary Institute he was 63 years old at the time. On the 3rd of June, Nancy posted a message to her Facebook page that read, For my Facebook friends and family, I have sad news to relate. My husband and best friend, Chef Dan Brophy, was killed yesterday morning. For those of you who are close to me and feel this deserved a phone call, you are right, but I'm struggling to make sense of everything right now. There is a candlelight vigil at Oregon Culinary Institute tomorrow, Monday, the June 4th at 7pm. While I appreciate all your loving responses, I'm overwhelmed. Please save phone calls for a few days when I can function. Huh. This is how she broke the news. Huh. To many people. On Facebook. On Facebook. So at the scene um, where Daniel was discovered, he was discovered by somebody else who worked in the Institute and police arrived. Um, and shortly after police arrived, Nancy arrived at the scene after hearing that there had been kind of a disturbance from a friend or someone someone had said that there was police outside the culinary institute right I you were saying, so she, she heard there was a few hors d'oeuvres on the so, go <laughs> could you imagine um so <laughs> she myself up. <laughs> she said that the, a friend relayed to her that she had seen um an incident at the school and but in later released court documents obtained by people magazine it was clear that she was lying. She had actually been driving her Toyota minivan near the culinary school prior to the shooting and then afterwards. She'd basically been circling around in the outside the school in this minivan and had been caught on CCTV footage. But she had tried to maintain that he had left for work at 7am and she hadn't seen him since. And he was discovered very soon after and she had no alibi other than just... This footage her. of her driving yeah, 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 yeah. circling Like it. she... 
Come on, Nancy. Oh my God, you are a fucking writer, please. Yeah, so a Portland, a Portland police detective basically was like, I believe Nancy Lee Crompton Brophy was circling the area in her dark-coloured dark minivan prior to Daniel Brophy's murder and post-Daniel Brophy's murder, basically, like, unaccounted for the, the time of when he was in. Yeah, yeah. the murder. Very, <laughs> very clear. Just, just missing for the five minutes it would have taken <laughs> to shoot someone in the face. She's never offered any sort of explanation as to why she <laughs> lied about her whereabouts or where she actually was that morning. And she's currently... um awaiting a trial but in the evidence afterwards they found that she had also bookmarked an ebook called 10 ways to cover up a murder for fuck's sake <laughs> but interestingly her jumpsuit was not orange it's not her color it was blue oh yeah. well there's now so in other words she was charged with this murder she's no she's still awaiting trial she hasn't she's, been charged yet what and is she mounting so it? So he was killed defense? in 2018. She's pleaded not guilty, but she's, I mean, there's, I don't think there's anything to be said. Why did she kill him? Mm. If she did. The essay, you can read the entire essay of like ways to, how to kill your husband or whatever. And in it, she's, she is talking about like book plots, but she is suggesting that the motive for killing them would be that they're abusive. So I think mm. from her writings, she's suggesting that that was the, Reason, but it's never been mounted in a defence, no. Okay. But there you have So she's awaiting trial in a blue jumpsuit. She's currently awaiting trial, but she's been awaiting trial for the last year and a bit, like. Hmm. He was killed in June of 2018. It's just fucking stupid, isn't it? I mean, if you're going to murder someone, do you not bookmark an e-book called 10 Ways to Cover Up a Murder and you do not pen an essay Called how, how to, to murder kill your, your husband. husband. She had enough time, what, seven or eight years between writing that essay. Oh, yeah. And then committing the crime. Yeah, yeah. To plan a better murder. You'd forget, though, what kind of crap you'd put up on the internet. Well, that's true, too. I just. Yeah, but you also just, I mean, I forget the stuff that I've written in the past when I was working as a journalist, but I can be 99% certain. I've never written an essay that would incriminate me should I commit a murder. Mm. After this podcast. Mm. Hmm. I don't know. Like I've never outwardly given people tips on how to hide a dead body. Well, I'm not sure. I think more on Mother Pod now. That'd be more our territory. Yeah. I have to say, just as an aside, that llama was actually blind. The mother. No. And then when the old sort of moist bagpipe of a baby llama <laughs> fell out of her arse she knew immediately it was lovely she went licking, straight over and started licking, smelling licking and licking yeah. lovely looking creatures you should know you went on a llama uh, you touching love llamas. I love I love alpacas guys common Ooh, misconception they're Is like it an the alpaca? smaller <laughs> Wait, was it an alpaca was it a llama? llama where was it it was a llama Hushabai farm in Ireland yeah. it could have been a llama Alpacas are just slightly llama. smaller. Lovely. Very friendly llama. creatures. I feel like a million people would have DM'd me to be like, um, I think I'll find that's an alpaca. alpaca. So they no look very did. similar. Alpacas are just a little bit smaller. Hmm. Very, very lovely creatures. Very social creatures. You can't just have one alpaca, you have to have at least two. Really? Yeah. yeah. She said in the end, like, welcome to the herd, implying they have many, many of those. Yeah, animals. yeah, yeah. They do. Yeah. And what do they use them for? Tourism. 
Oh, no, well, not even know. tourism. I they're nice herding um, animals. So a lot of farmers keep alpacas and llamas now because they're they're very protective animals. So if you've got like a herd of sheep and you've got two alpacas there, and there's a like a fox intruder or a dog intruder, the alpacas will sacrifice themselves to protect the herd. Excuse me. It's very fucking sad. It's they're such endearing creatures to protect a herd that's not even theirs. Mm, they'll protect like the other animals that are in the pen. Yeah. Well, there you go. But they're also extremely sociable. So if you have a pack of alpacas, they they don't. Um, you take them for a walk which i did they will not walk off on their own they wait to see that the whole school or herd or alpaca pack are behind them a pack of alpacas so also i want to have some alpacas on my farm down in wicklow with my vegetable patch and my chickens okay can crochet you as many hats as you want and you can come down and eat a fresh quiche and wear your hat and receive a chicken's egg Via the mouth. <laughs> well, it was implied that the chicken eggs were in the quiche, but if you want to just suck on an egg, I'll arrange that for you. Would you not want to do that if you had the opportunity? I think it'd be really hard to make it happen. Well, like you wouldn't be sucking the an chicken egg. would like, not chicken... hang around, on, like on top of your face. You're holding so it you up to your face. Fucking. This is weird. I know, but I have a suction. Such I know. To suck an egg out of a chicken right now. Do you know? You know what I'm saying? That is so yeah. disgusting. You've been the biggest creep in this episode. <laughs> okay. She is the personal creep. What do you have? Thank you, Cassie. That was that was enlightened. <laughs> that was mostly. I love the chicken chat. Everything. Chicken chat. Chicken, chicken, chicken chat. Jesus loves you. Oh dear. We're ebbing into Christ territory. We are. That's right. Hit us. Okay. So this came to me via a really fun group chat that I'm having in the DMs of Dive Creep. Isn't that nice? There's three of us. (laughs) Me, Katrina and Nessa. So mainly Katrina and Nessa, I'm thanking for sending this my way. Uh, They say, hi there, long time creeper, first time tweeter. Love it. Ness and I love the show. We like that. Um, can't remember if you've already done a dive on this guy, but we'd love to hear your take. I could not remember if we had done this, but now through trawling, we really need to set up a spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah, we will. Okay, so this is a recent creep. I think you guys will remember the story. So it all came to a head. In November of 2018, when um, the chief of police in a very, very remote place called Port Blair, in a set of islands halfway between like South India, Thailand and Myanmar, like bang in the middle of this ocean called the Adaman Ocean. So this police chief got a call from an American consulate Hmm. saying that there was an American citizen missing. And did they have any idea where John Allen Chow was? Okay. Mm -hmm. So he was a 26-year-old American adventure blogger um, a hashtag influencer mm-hmm. who often did spawn con with a beef jerky. Oh. And also an evangelical missionary. Ah, fuck. Ah. 
and he was missing. So, um, <clears throat> he had taken it upon himself to go and convert the people of a very, very remote island. Creepy enough in itself. Creepy enough in itself. Um, so uh, the a consulate on the mainland in India had been <laughs> contacted by um, John Allen Chow's uh, mother, who was freaked out, um, saying they hadn't heard from the son and um, they had known of his plans to travel to the Adaman Islands and they also knew his destination, which was an island called North Centennial Island. And it is not a fucking tourist destination. In fact, like local officials knew that aside from John Allen Chow, almost no outsider had ever set foot on this island, the North Centennial. Okay. Um, Now there is in this archipelago, am I saying that right? Archipelago, there is loads of islands. There's like 836. Mm -hmm. There is loads of islands that aren't inhabited. There's loads of islands. There's just tiny, there's loads of islands that nobody has ever set foot on. Um, It's like a lost world, basically. Um, Rainforests, tropical beaches. It stretches for as far as 500 miles. Wow. It's massive. So it's basically right there, bang between India, Myanmar, Thailand and Indonesia. But only 31. Well, yeah. Only 31 of of these like over 800 islands are inhabited. And um, there is also, alongside the Indian settlers who live in these inhabited islands, there are six indigenous tribes mm. that are protected and they have so lived for thousands of years. Had his eye on these guys. Yes. They have lived completely apart from the rest of humanity. Spearing fish and turtles with bows and arrows as they have done for thousands of years. They are completely untouched by tech, by anything remotely resembling like Western society. Um, And this includes the island of North Sentinel, which was John uh, Allen Chow's bit of an obsession. Now... The North Sentinels had a fear, have a fearsome reputation for basically killing anyone who lands on their tiny island. Obviously. They are the world's most isolated people. Hardly any photographs exist of them. Um, there is one really famous photograph um, of a North Sentinel tribesman. Um, he's... Are you sure that's not fake? That picture of the... No. Of the guy shooting down, yeah. trying to shoot down a helicopter. Yeah. I don't think that's fake. There have been lots of photographs, or not lots, but a couple of handful. And there's another one that you can see the whole tribe standing, staring up at the camera. Is that is that part of that set? No. Anyway, not to worry. There's well, a few. There's a few faked kind of these untouched kind of tribe people. But in fact, it I mean out that one of the the guy with the bow and arrow that was taken from the helicopter <coughs> is not a clear picture. Okay, it's quite taken clearly from a helicopter. I don't think it's fake. Anyway, so like how remote are we talking here? Basically to reach this archipelago of archipelago, it's a hard word. Group. This group of islands. If you fly straight off India's east coast, 
So that's the right hand side as you look at it on the mm-hmm. map. Um, and you continue basically like straight towards the horizon after two hours of flight time, the islands appear out of the ocean. And so that's that's in the middle of nowhere. So like. this We're guy had about a, places that people don't even know exist. But like. well, like he had some sort of a messiah complex that he wanted to. But hold on, s- this is a thing that's <clears> built into <throat> a lot of like fundamentalist Christian religions. Is that missionary is your core missionary purpose. is your like yeah well, that it's you your mission ha- yeah that you have to go and your place in the afterlife is secured by spreading the gospel spreading like the, the idea of the, literally spreading the gospel the good word good but the good word of the lord easier no this is that, but this is this, this is, would be the ultimate in other words this would be no. the ultimate and that's i think like what's really interesting about John Allen Chow is that like he sought out the, the ultimate most, missionary place. experience. But I don't think I don't think that that's um I, I don't think that, that that's a you know unintentional. I think that, that no, missionaries no, often speak like they'll often seek out vulnerable communities or vulnerable places in order to do their missionary because if you go to a um a place like this or if you go to sub-saharan african countries to mission you're suddenly preaching to an uneducated population who aren't going to question have the science to question your beliefs you know there's a fantastic documentary on it called god loves uganda and it's all about like missionary work in sub-saharan countries and why it's and we're talking about just white people exclusively well we're talking about kind of what we're talking about religious people infiltrating communities that may not be in the best place to debate beliefs vulnerable well well, not vulnerable but not who haven't had enough exposure to a variety of religions or science or education in order to be able to consciously easy prey or like there would have been kind of a history of missionaries bringing kind of things that were vital like and also Also lacking in the region like water and yeah like things like that and it I mean it was essentially a kind of a bartering system where yeah. they were going well fine we'll believe you're a fucking white god uh, but yeah like that's yeah, good I think give it's us a the very, water grant you know because there's a lot of play there's definitely a lot of play and I think that there's like there's different reasons to why they choose certain areas and there's obviously the like immediate need of communities that you're going to help or mission towards mm. but there's no coincidence that there are also communities who cannot independently debate or question the learnings or the teachings. So if you're yeah, if if like, you're in a vulnerable position and if you're someone who hasn't had access to education and someone who's who's deemed to be much more successful and wealthy than you are this, is yeah. coming to you and is telling you this is the word, this is <clears throat> the reason, this is what we you do. Have no reason not to believe you them. are going to take what they say and you're going to implement it into your life and that's a but how was but a lot of these people who would be on the receiving end of a missionary like they have like very firm traditions and belief systems already yeah but those are informed by family and people that they're they encounter on a day-to-day and people that they probably be more comfortable questioning and discussing and having a discourse with 
But yeah. if you're Do coming we know? in there. Well, like, like basically. If, 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 if Richard Branson came up to you tomorrow and said, this is how I made a million euro. You're going to believe him regardless of what he says. And it's the kind of the same thing that someone you perceive to be successful and doing well is coming at you and saying, this is how I've done it or this is how I live my life. Yeah. You don't have the capacity to question that. Well, look, I think that missionaries now, they there's a hangover from centuries of incredibly shit behavior yeah. on the part of missionaries. And so <clears throat> it's impossible to look at their mission like without seeing how they introduced disease to indigenous people across the world and they didn't take care of the people yeah. they were converting and like treated them imbo- abominably and there's a whole lot of that what do we in know the background about here. this guy's particular let's, like, well let's go a little bit into the north sentinel i just want to mention there is a a really good interesting case at the moment going on with a u.s missionary who went over to um uganda her name is renee back and she's a christian from virginia who traveled to uganda in 2007 and at 18 founded the organization serving his children in a town called Jinja in Uganda, which is like really a remote town um, near the Nile. And basically back, who I actually was meant to mention her as Creep of the Week. She opened up this medical center having had no medical training whatsoever, other than the fact that she was a white person from a Western background and was operating as in, in, a, in a missionary capacity. She was operating in a religious capacity when she opened this medical center. Anyway, there's a massive fallout from it because there's been hundreds or dozens of deaths associated to the treatment that she had been offering due to medical procedures that she learned on YouTube. Jesus. So it's topical at the moment to be mm. discussing dodgy... What a dodgy dickhead. Yeah, there's a huge movement at the moment of like no white <laughs> saviors and no... Um, where a lot of African countries are looking at how they're perceived in an international capacity mm. and trying to deter these white saviors and missionaries from coming in and saying, this is how you build something. This is how you do something. This is the word that you should believe. Mm. So, okay. Interesting. Very. Segue. Very. Sorry. So, um, okay. So the tribe on the North Sentinel Island um they appear to be uh, African. So the theory is that they, um, among three other black tribes in the Adamans, are descended from people who migrated from um, Africa tens of thousands of years ago. And that basically it was when this like landmass was all attached and land. Again? Cradle of humankind. Or when we were just a big mass of land. Panama. Was, yeah. Pa- yeah. Um, and so Pangea. then Pangaea, then around 10,000 BC, when the ice caps melted, the sea rose and ba- all the mountains they were living on became islands and sealed the tribes off from the world. So it's really interesting because they're basically black hunter gatherers in the middle of Asia and completely isolated from all the kind of item of quote unquote progress uh, all around them. And uh, so for uh, John Allen Chow, it kind of was like an original Adam and Eve almost scenario for him to go and enlighten, you know. And so they first 
um, got wind that he was had attempted to go to North Sentinel, which is completely like illegal. Like you can't go there. Not they are protected. They're protected, that. but and also yeah, like and. Like the Coast Guard will head off anyone who goes near them because, you they know, they're dangerous as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, so basically, uh, John Allen Chow had made a couple of trips over to the Adaman Islands with like expressly to do a recce and scope out how he was going to do get this, you know, do this. And so he had recruited five fishermen to um, bring him to the islands. And it was they that eventually reported him missing and fessed up yes and so they were all arrested like that's how completely fucking illegal it is to go near the Sentinelese tribesmen one person with one virus could wipe out that whole fucking tribe is the reality of of people going on to the island I mean they're totally their immune system absolutely yeah yeah. but I also just think that you, you should respect Absolutely. The wishes of, if it's been made entirely clear that they do not welcome visitors and that they want to live in a certain way and that you should not go near them, to, there is a, a tremendous amount of ignorance Absolutely. and arrogance totally. to think that you can come. He's just floating over there with the Bible in his backpack, yeah. hoping for the best, is he? Completely. Wally. Well, I mean, there's a little bit of a longer preamble into it, but yes, <clears throat> essentially. So when word got out that a 26-year-old American missionary had been killed by this, like, Stone Age tribe. Um, there was no body yet. No, there was never going to be a body. Of course, because it's there was decided never... it's been far too dangerous to even attempt to recover yeah. his remains. And um, so basically, like, it got picked up by kind of global media. And uh, the outrage of... Of everyone, really, that like this guy, you know, took it upon himself to go and disturb these people and he got himself killed. Absolutely. Yeah. Natural selection. (laughs) And so what happened then? I mean, even like having died, he could still have infected them. No doubt. Hopefully Um, they killed him before he got close enough and they just set fire to his body or something. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, it's total madness. Absolute madness. What was he thinking? I think kind of quite delusional. Well, yeah, now, I guess. the outpouring against him was absolutely vicious on social media. And his family did kind of, you know, plead to sort of say, like, you know, he was misguided, but a good person. Yeah. But like, he did not come from a fundamentalist background. It's really interesting. So, like, the family stated publicly that, like, they had nothing but love for the Sentinelese and he, they didn't support his, you know, his actions. His father definitely, you know, kind of blamed extreme Christianity mm. and said that this had led to his not unexpected end. <clears throat> Basically, like, you pursue this, mm. this is what A happens. And yeah. Um, other response responses were people 4,000 Google users wrote spoof travel posts oh God. about North Sentinel praising the island's beauty but questioning the cuisine <laughs> my right leg was still a bit raw so sorry he in the run up to this he'd been travelling a lot yeah and he had a blog like one of those people they're always blowing off the cliffs of Moher yes 
like extreme places, presumably. So he was an experienced traveler before he got to the point at which he discovered yeah. he was able to get there. So he was he kind kn- of described as like a trail bro. So yes, okay. he did a lot of hiking on his own, a lot of yeah. camping out on his own, a lot of kind of like wilderness survival. So stuff. it wasn't some sort so he of wasn't totally green kind of. No, no, he to- it wasn't he totally this. green, and he had like really meticulously planned it. In other words, he's a fucking arsehole. Then. But like, he definitely knew. I think he did understand the gravity of what he was undertaking. Of course. Um, but we go a tiny bit into the background, which is a really like unassuming family. Like his dad is a psychiatrist. He's Chinese, excuse me, he's Chinese American. And he, um, you know, came to the States in the mid 70s. And he had back in China been studying to be an artist. But then um, under Mao's cultural revolution, he was like forced into communal farm work. And that's how he then eventually got out and made it to the States. Um, and he won a scholarship to study um, uh, at medical school in this evangelical college called Oral Roberts University. It's really famous. His dad now or the son? This is the dad. Okay. So the dad kind of did a bit of conversion in order to get his um, degree. Okay. So like he sort of was like, okay, I'll be a Christian I'm going to get my education and that's great, but not devout at all. Like, um, and then he met his wife, Linda Adams, um, who is a professor at this university. They got married. They started having their kids in the 80s. Total normcore. And, uh, you know, uh, the dad, uh, John Chow's dad, Patrick, um, you know, became a psychiatrist. It's very interesting because he's obviously a very kind of pragmatic mind, science, you know. Yeah. Back, his medical background. And then, like, at Linda, the mom, was quite religious. Mm-hmm. But, like, no, none of them fundamentalist at all. Like, and his, the siblings equally, like, uh, John, Chow, uh, John Allen Chow's siblings, are, you know, they're not... Do you think the guy knew... <clears throat> he was sort of on a suicide mission. Definitely. So, he, like a martyr kind of a thing. Is I think that was, Martyrdom, yeah. he was yeah. like totally like had a boner for kind of sainthood. <clears throat> and like there's other kind of uh, missionaries that he really looked up to. But hold on, if he was an evangelicalist, he was an evangelical Christian. Mm. They don't believe in the saints. Well, I wasn't saying but, I mean, he like, is I don't evangelical. Think was... Sorry, I was just saying that he's... Well, he's a fundamentalist, like he's oh, extremist. Okay. Like, um, I mean, one of the other missionaries he's really admi- he really admired, like, was also murdered by tribes people he was trying to convert. And interesting, like, there's definitely a kind of a view that like that made his, you know, mission even more heroic and all that kind of shit. You know, yeah. So like, he definitely, definitely understood how serious his situation was going to be when he went there because the, the preparation he did spoke to that so like basically from the time he was a young child he was obsessed with like camp, uh, camping hiking yeah running trails and like you know all of that he was obsessed with Robinson Crusoe um like in his early teens he read Robinson Crusoe and basically 
I think that was like a formative experience. Like everything might have gone differently if he just hadn't read that fucking book, which is, you know, um, travelers stranded on, you know, a tropical island. And so the notion of island life basically really stuck with uh, John. And like, so the dad, Patrick, says that he just watched over a period of years as he just got more and more obsessed with this idea, this notion that he was going to, I think that it was two separate obsessions converged. He wanted this kind of like life of an estate where he would be out in the wilderness, away from everyone, doing something bold and new and being an explorer. And then also this kind of like real fundamental, you know, belief um, in God and Jesus and the word of God. And then I think he just, they kind of merged together and it crystallized in his mind, oh, here's how I can be that and have the glory the purpose. of this mm. spreading the word of God. And I think that's it became like an absolute like pathological obsession. How I wonder, did he talk like did he pay those fishermen? Did they end up in do you know that way? How did that go down? I don't I, Well, I know that the fishermen that we he recruited talk, were, were Christian. So yeah, he may okay. have just talked them into <clears> it. Um, he we got obsessed with um, the uh, tribes and the Adamans uh, in his kind of late teens and he did things in high school and stuff where he'd like go to Mexico on a mission help build an orphanage and he started to get connected in with basically like there's a whole kind of system and network for people who want to pursue missionary work yeah and um there's even like uh, like um, what's the word like databases of like the world's most remote people for missionaries to search. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like but that's so problematic. Like, Absolutely. That of course. Is like, this is implying that you're going to improve their lives, <laughs> suggesting you know you've this the word. So of it's God a it's is, a I total it's superior complex though yeah. to think that like you can infiltrate a community that does things differently and is perceived to not be as enlightened, enlightened as you and, and, and go yeah. in and say that this is how you should do things like I have such a problem with well it, it is prob- absolutely it is, as uh, rightly so it's not right and so, like a normal mind would be like oh leave those people alone yes <laughs> look at how the western world is trashing Has everything fucked up everything else what, yes. what suggests here that we live an improved enlightened life to those people yeah, just one way, like doing mm. it this way over another, or no, it's the possibility of the killing them all, and is also what the I amount think of is not a very Christian. Do you know that way? Well, the For amount of people have just died in the name of religion. You're like, well, why do we need to be perpetuating and finding more religion. people? Mm. Yeah. Um. Anyway, John basically felt that he'd finally found the kind of last frontier of people untouched and. He was really excited as if like this place and these people were specifically left for him. Like he definitely began to feel very much like he had a God complex. Yeah. Yeah. And so like the Sentinelese like have been, you know, aggressive in their defense of themselves. And in 1981, um, there was a beached freighter that had run aground and dozens of armed warriors swarmed it. So that was this was an accidental situation where the freighter was trapped and um, 
they with were people on board yeah with the crew and the crew had to radio for an airlift and they were uh, fucking terrified by all accounts and uh, it's believed that the Sentinelese salvaged um, metal that makes their that they make their iron tips for their spears Amazing. and uh, arrows from now in 2004 um a lone bowman tried to shoot down a Coast Guard helicopter, which is where that picture comes from. So it is recorded yeah. that that oh incident my. took place. And then two years later, um, essentially these tribes people killed two Indian crab fishermen who had drifted ashore. Again, another accidental one. And like there is so many unoccupied islands in that area. And North Sentinelese is very small. It's about four miles by five miles. So like you could kind of imagine like the lads kind of rocking up of a day a bit accidentally and yeah, viciously killed. Um, and now there was the odd incident of anthropologists um, in going there for brief non-violent excursions where they'd like pull up close to the island and throw coconuts to the tribes people and they that seems to have passed like happened without incident okay but like that's very very occasionally amid a lot of violence and not violence but like a lot of them defending themselves so anyway, yes, he just was like a hero god complex thing. And the dad, Patrick, was getting increasingly panicked as he was reaching his late teens and into his 20s and seemed to be kind of, you know, uh, like he'd kind of um, like constructed his whole life around preparing for this mission. So, so many solo trips, camping, survival skills. He learned medical skills for treating himself potentially in the event of being injured. He called himself an explorer. He started a blog called That Solitary Path and filled his social media accounts with, you know, pictures of his tiny tent alone in vast kind of landscapes and, you know, campsites up high and snowy ridges. And like he was definitely just kind of living out a bit of a fantasy as well, you know? Yeah. Um, and so then, like, he did a lot of traveling. As he said, he did two recce missions to the Adaman Islands. And, um, you know, the dad tried to intervene and it just, like, wasn't happening. They he was just, too stuck. He was just on a mission. And the dad said that, like, some of his rhetoric around it was, like, just manic, pathological focus. Couldn't be... A- couldn't be deterred yeah. couldn't no sense talked into him he just felt this was what he was here for so anyway they have fi- they have published some of his last journal entries so he did things when he got to port blair on that big inhabited island he put himself into kind of a self-imposed quarantine um like for 11 days just a nod like a nod to I'm not going to infect these poor tribes people with my bullshit and did a lot of writing and reflecting during that time. And he set out for the island um, on the 15th of November and he so they had a a boat with the fishermen then he had a kayak and so at around 8.30 in the morning I tried initiating contact and I went um, Oh, yes. Sorry. 
he put um, two large fish, a barracuda and a tuna into the kayak and kind of approached the shore um, and sort of waved to a house that like or a hut they'd seen kind of on the shore. And um, he heard a woman looing and chattering. So, you know, their language, I guess, you mm. know, sounds quite different quite different and then the next thing two armed sentinelese came rushing out yelling at him understandably um with bows and arrows and um he writes i hollered my name is john i love you and jesus loves you oh my god jesus christ gave me authority to come to you here is some fish um, <clears throat> he writes i regret and some I, loaves and some loaves yeah, exactly. and now i will walk over the waves to you um, I regret I began to panic slightly as I saw them string arrows in their bows. I picked up the tuna and threw it toward them. They kept coming. I slid the barracuda off. It started to sink, but my thoughts were directed towards the fact that I was almost in arrow range. I backpedaled. When they got the fish, I turned and pedaled like I never have in my life back to the boat. I felt some fear, but mostly was disappointed they didn't accept me right away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this this next line is very revelatory. I can now say I've been nearly shot by the Sentinelese mm. and I've walked and cashed gear on their island. Sorry. So earlier before sunrise, they had gone ashore and he had hidden things in a cave in case he got onto the island and needed them at a later date. So that is very telling. Yes, telling. Um, I'm now resting on the boat and we'll try again later. Um, Lord, protect me and guide me. So... Uh, he goes on to write extensively about his kind of brush with the Sentinelese and he's kind of going on about um, how this is his mission and he goes back ashore with more gifts and... So he says, I set off toward the North Shore. As I got closer, I heard whoops and shouts from the hut. I made sure to stay out of arrow range. And as they, about six of them, yelled at me, I tried to parrot their words back to them. They burst out laughing, probably were saying bad words or insulting me. Then two dropped their bows and took a dugout to meet me. Um, like a little uh, craft, I think. I kept a safe distance and dropped off the fish and gifts. At first, they pulled their dugout past the gifts and were coming at me. Then they turned and grabbed the gift. I paddled after them and exchanged more yells. Here's where this nice meet and greet went south. A child and a young woman came behind the two gift receivers with bows drawn. I kept waving my hands to say, no bows. But they didn't get the memo, I guess. By this time, the waves had picked up and the kayak was getting near some shallow coral. The islanders saw that and blocked my exit. Then the little kid with bow and arrow came down the middle. I figured that this was it. So I preached a bit to them, starting in Genesis. Oh, for fuck's sake. And disembarked my kayak to show them that I too have two legs. I was inches from an unarmed guy, well built with a round face, uh, and gave him a bunch of the scissors and gifts. Then they, so he'd brought brought tools and things like that for them. Then they took the kayak. They took the kayak. Then the little kid shot me with an arrow directly into my Bible, which I was holding in front of my chest. Amazing. I grabbed the arrow shaft as it broke on my Bible. 
on page 933, oh, Isaiah 63, 5 to 65, 2. A sign to push harder. <laughs> the head was metal, thin but very sharp. They left me alone as I half waded, half swam through the broken coral to the deep where I knew their dugouts couldn't reach and then swam almost a mile back to the boat. Although I now have no kayak, nor my small pelican and its contents, I'm grateful that I still have the written word of God. Lord, is this island... Satan's last stronghold where none have even had a chance to hear your name. My God. Ends the dire entry. He goes on to say, now, this is still all on the same day, November 15th. The plan is to rest and sleep on the boat. I am scared, he says. There I said it. Also frustrated and uncertain. Is it worth me going on foot to meet them? Lord, let your will be done. He kind of goes on to implore God to kind of guide him uh, at this point mm. um, Like God's given him A lot of signs So far I mean He's really trying To tell him something I'm, Isn't he Yeah um, he f- I hate this man I know can He's the worst You're not enjoying him um, He f- completes That journal entry um, Saying Basically, the plan for tomorrow is to drop me at the cache, that's the hidden place in the cave, and then the boat will leave for the day returning at night. Mm -mm. I am at peace with that plan because A, Peter V from South Africa said the reason the Jarawa didn't kill him was that he got dropped with no boat nearby. So that's a missionary that he idolizes. Mm -hmm. And B, if it goes badly on foot, the fisherman won't have to bear witness to my death. Alternative is to wait another time, go back to Port Blair without any documents and stay in the safe house again and put all at risk. Um, Why are we so afraid of death or get deported? If I leave, I believe I failed the mission. So he wrote uh, one last letter to his parents at this point. So now we are the 16th of um, November. It's the next day. Um, It says, Brian and Marilyn and mom and dad, you guys might think I'm crazy and all this, but I think it's worth it to declare Jesus to these people. Please do not be angry at them or God if I get killed. No, no, Brian. We're angry at you. No, we're quite annoyed at you, Brian. Rather, please live your lives in obedience to whatever he, capital, has called you to, and I'll see you again when you pass through the veil. Don't retrieve my body. This is not a pointless thing. This is, yeah, this is not a pointless thing. The eternal lives of this tribe is at hand and I can't wait to see them around the throne of God worshipping in their own language as Revelations 7, 9 to 10 states. I love you all and I pray none of you love anything in this world more than Jesus Christ. Sali Dio Gloria, John Chow, 16th of November, 2018. Last letter. Written from the cove on the southwest-ish of North Sentinel Island. Last letter, followed by his final journey uh, journal entry, woke up after a fairly restful sleep, heading to island now. I hope this isn't my last note, but if it is, to God be the glory, I'm heading back to the hut I've been to, praying it goes well. It did not go well. What did the fishermen but see? they didn't see. All the fishermen saw was um, the some of the tribes people appearing to be disposing of a body. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Sorry. (laughs) In what way did they dispose of him? Um, I'm just trying looking at the statements. So they basically reported him missing. 
They said they had dropped him off close to the shore on the November 16th. They returned a day later. They saw, quote, a dead person (laughs) being buried at the shore, which from the silhouette of the body, clothing and circumstances... Whatever that what, means. The, the North Face t-shirt and a backpack. And we're, like, we're just, maybe we some like, be Brian. Spawn Con beef jerky. Um, appeared to be the body of John Allen Chow. There you are now. <sighs> Elaborate so, uh, suicide mission. That. From a fucking Egypt. I mean, I just, I've made my feelings clear. He's the worst. Matter. It'd be nice if they just went with a view to helping you get a bit of water if that's what you need. I think that's what's confused everyone is that they have a um, like a kind of gifting mentality. They have a kind of <laughs> gifting also, a veneer yes. of gifting. Yeah. But it is there's no such thing as a free lunch Precisely. with the Christians. And yeah. they want to save you from eternal damnation. Like that kept, kept coming up in his journals. Like I... I Save heavily them. edited the journals the but eternal damnation it was literally I'm saving these people from the fiery pits, pits of, of hell. hell and like our God is not a, is not a, a loving God he's a a vengeful. fearsome vengeful God that's fundamentalist God is to be feared and Satan is like also to be feared but just tremendously worse than God but God is not nice he's fearful right um, that's like a big old hug to end uh, the creep dive on. Blessed be our creeps. Blessed day. What does that mean? That's the Handmaid's Tale. Oh, I didn't. I thought it was praise be. No, in under his eye. Under or his blessed, eye, blessed, blessed day. day. Sorry. Right. There you go now. Jesus, uh, don't walk before a sunbeam. Right. Um, yes. Yes. We probably offended a great deal of people Listen, here tonight. It's been a wonderful evening. Thank you all for listening. Give us some money on Patreon. Oh, yeah. Yay. <laughs> Pay for this blasphemy. Give us some money. Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash the creep life. It's the price of a moderately priced cup of coffee per month. And come see us in Cork. Absolutely as right. As said at the top of the show. Consider don't, buying my book. Don't leave us hanging in Cork. Buy Sophie's, Sophie's book. book. And you, guys, um, could you please just even a little bit of enthusiasm for the book? Buy Sophie's book. Yeah. Cassie designed the cover. Cassie and did the cover. Jen is going to read it. No, no, no. I've already lost that gig. That no, not the gig, failed. but like you're actually going to read it and provide us at least with a review. Well, okay. Okay, I will. Shit. No, this is actually part. a really good time to uh, introduce Jen and I's offshoot podcast. It's called. Um, Sophie's not here. The uh, filter podcast, and we uh, just do dramatic <laughs> readings from your book. The filter podcast. Fil- she the designed filter. the cover and she couldn't even remember the name of it. Then. I know it's called oh, Filter This, but I wanted to put name. a bit of difference between the podcast oh, and the book, so I wasn't. Called it Filter That. Outwardly <laughs> sued. Oh yeah, it's called Filter That, and it is a review and dramatic readings of your book every Sadly. week. I love it. I mean, I wouldn't get excited. It might not be flattering. It never is with you, Jen. <laughs> Bye. 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 Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.